Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brand. Thanks for joining me. I'm a certified functional medicine practitioner. I work worldwide with clients that have been, mm, let's just say, turned off to the conventional approach, whether they've been uh, abused with massive bills and emergency room visits due to their strange symptoms or people that just simply sought out a different approach to their health issues. I'm the guy that people call and I love my job. I love my opportunities that are presented to me. And one opportunity I'm sharing with you today is another summit interview. And this is with my friend, Alyssa Arnheim. And this is a pretty cool event. This is called the new science of healthy elimination. They make it sound so fancy. Really, it's about pooping. You got to poop every day, if not twice a day, is my goal, typically for clients. And so many people are constipated. Now, some of that is involved with your brain chemistry. So serotonin, that plays a role in motility. The bacteria in your gut and what type of bacteria in your gut, that has an effect on motility. So this is why some clients I see present with diarrhea. Some present with constipation. Some, they alternate. And that could be if they have maybe parasites and bacterial overgrowth, they have this sort of constipation seesaw that they're always riding. So that is the uh, interview that you're about to hear was my talk on this event. It was a big event, probably 100,000 or more people registered. So I'm going to share that with you. In regards to my free red light giveaway, this is a $650 red light therapy lamp. I am mailing that to one of you guys. And the person that we announced that my wife randomly picked from the Apple podcast review, they did not message us. So we're going to move on. And we're going to move on to Powder Betty. That is the username that they use. So hopefully Powder Betty, I hope you're listening you are the next winner. So if she doesn't reply, then we'll move on to another one. But just email my office, office at evanbrand.com. Let us know it's you, and we'll confirm your details, and we'll ship you this red light therapy lamp, and I think you'll enjoy it. And this was a random pick. This is not based on the content or the context of the review, but here's the review anyway. Binge, listen, worthy Evan's podcast, packed full of amazing content and case studies. I came across this podcast years ago when Evan was being interviewed on the Energy Blueprint. That's uh, our friend Ari. I'm lucky enough to wear headphones throughout my workday. found myself binge listening to his content with the information provided. I've been able to make serious changes in my own health as well as the health of my family and friends. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And if you guys would like to leave a review, I would love you forever. Just on your Apple Podcast app, if you scroll down past the episodes, you'll see ratings and reviews. We've been gathering those reviews since 2012, so I'd love for you to add to that. All right, a couple plugs and then we'll jump in. My Better Belly course, we are still offering the 2022 price. The price will go up in 2023 because I'm adding new content, new case studies, new lectures about interpreting running, interpreting, and then making your own gut health protocols. So that is my Better Belly Functional Medicine Training Course. This is for health seekers like you, also providers. 
I have a lot of doctors that are taking this course now, educating themselves and learning more than what they got taught in medical school about gut health, which is amazing, but a little scary. So that is Better Belly. I'll put the link to a free masterclass. That's where you can watch it and you can learn quite a bit just for free in the hour. And then if you decide to enroll into the course, you can do that whenever you would like. But right now, 2022 price still available that's where you can learn exactly how to fix your own issues. If you're a do-it-yourself or you're like, I don't want to pay Evan for one-on-one consults, then this is the way that you can do it and fix likely your entire family, which has happened many times. We're coming up on 900 students in that course. Just love it. Love you guys in there. It's a blast. And we're actually talking about I would like your feedback on this. If you'd want to email my office or you could uh, send me a note on Instagram at Mr. Evan Brand. Let me know what you think about this, but I'm debating this idea of creating some sort of a membership VIP club. Uh, Most of my practitioners and physicians agreed that they would do this. In the ballpark of $100 to $200 a month, you would have access to me and or my staff where we would be able to have office hours where you can jump online, bring your cases in, talk about your issues. It's a little less uh, less formal than a one-on-one call. So there may be five, six, seven people in there. We're all collaborating, sharing ideas, sharing protocols, what worked, what didn't work. And then this is an opportunity to ask other questions too about home, uh, water filtration, mold treatment, mitigation, sinus work, gut work, sleep issues, hormones. You know, we can dive into all of that. So give me some feedback. Let me know what you think. If you're on Instagram, you can message me there or just comment on one of my reels there. Let me know what you think about some type of a club like that. I think it'd be a good opportunity for me to get closer with you guys as opposed to just setting you loose on the course. And if you do need help, you want one-on-one consults, I am available worldwide. I also have another functional medicine provider on my staff. That's at evanbrand.com. You can view the other courses. You can also book a 15-minute free call with me, and we'll talk about your symptoms. I'll let you know if I can help, and we'll go from there. Thank you so much. It's such a privilege and a pleasure to get to interview you. Shall we dive in on... Yeah. We're talking about constipation, belly pain, and bloating, things people don't usually want to talk about, but we all really need help with. Yeah. You know what I I think we should do is we should go ahead and hopefully people are watching this via video. Let's let's jump straight into the nitty gritty stuff because this is what people really need to change their life. And this was a three-year-old boy. This was a boy I ended up working with his entire family uh, because the foundation of their house got busted open due to tree roots and so every time it would rain they would end up with uh, water in their basement as you and i talked about pre-chat mold Mm -hmm. can wreck you it's carcinogenic it affects the kidneys it affects the brain it affects the mitochondria but one thing that most people don't talk about with mold exposure in your childhood in your children's school their daycare their home is that mold actually promotes opportunistic overgrowth meaning SIBO like Clostridia and Candida so the number one most important thing people need to be doing to fix this number one you have to get the proper testing and investigation done and the way you can do that accurately is with an organic acids panel and this three-year-old little boy that we're looking at this is the first morning's urine sample he had off the chart levels of an organic acid so before I go too crazy I will just tell you this that when you measure your car 
right? You measure the tailpipe for emissions testing, okay? So you can measure the urine in the same way. You're measuring the metabolites, the breakdown products of your body, and you're spitting out organic acids all the time, but there's certain bacteria, there's mold, there's fungus, there's yeast that also spit out these metabolites. And you can measure those metabolites in the urine, which is how you can infer what's happening internally. So this long word here, 5-hydroxymethyl-2-feroic acid, is connected and spit off by aspergillus, which is one of the most common molds that grows in a water-damaged building. And this poor kid was off the charts. You want less than 28. He's at 358. He had another marker here that was off the charts. He had another marker here that was high. He had a rabinose, which is a massive candida overgrowth. He had several different bacterial overgrowth markers. He had C. diff, which is a clostridia infection that kills many people due to gut issues. And we could go on and on, but those are the big smoking guns. So I just want people to know, like, you have to get an oat because if you have gut issues, there's likely something you haven't uncovered yet. And even if you've treated SIBO, this is the kicker. If you've got constipation, you have to realize that certain bacteria in your gut can affect your motility. So this is why some people are IBS constipation, some are IBS diarrhea. I had diarrhea. That was my IBS story. You know, I'd have to go into business school and figure out where the bathroom was because I'm running straight for the bathroom several times a day. It was terrible. It lasted over a decade. I fixed it. Now I don't have any urgent poops at all. And it's amazing. It's like, wow, you take it for granted, uh, you know, when you don't have to run and poop. So... But without the oat, you don't have the information about mold. So if you're just treating SIBO, you're doing SIBO diet, low FODMAP, SIBO protocols, antimicrobial herbs, you're doing berberine, you're doing polyarco, you're doing uh, whatever, any type of antimicrobial protocol. If it hasn't worked, you must investigate mold. Look at your kid's school. Look at their daycare. Look at your home because if there is a hidden mold exposure, what's going to happen is you're going to relapse. You're going to do well on a treatment protocol with your naturopath or a functional medicine guy like me, and two to three months later, you're going to relapse. Your gut issues, your skin, your mood issues may return, and that's my story, and it was because I had mold and I didn't know it. Mm, and mold is a big problem. I actually think um, a lot of people are living in mold right now and don't know it. And for, for my family, constipation was one of the subtle signs that we were in a moldy environment. And then once we got out of that environment, one of the ways we can tell we're back in a moldy environment is suddenly everyone's getting constipated again. Um, is this a line? Have you found, found digestive, <laughs> these digestive results with your clients as well? Of course. And I've actually seen it go the other way too. I've seen it go diarrhea also. So I've seen some people go constipation, some go diarrhea. Maybe that's a protective mechanism. The body's trying to flush it out, you know, because we do reabsorb some of the mycotoxins through the bowels. And especially if you have intestinal permeability, which is the technical term for leaky gut. If you do have a permeable gut barrier due to parasites, worms, H. pylori, all these other infections that I work on, those will separate the tight junctions in the gut and mycotoxins can actually trigger the immune system. So I think part of these bowel issues are also related to the immune response to the mycotoxin. But eventually what happens is you'll see massive levels of inflammation on a stool test. So if we go back to that, we can look at, I've got a couple of stool panels on this kid here. We'll see what he looked like, but I know that Sometimes what will happen is the immune system actually gets so suppressed that there's no response in the stool, meaning you won't see, uh, you won't see the inflammation. So on his stool panel, you see that we had some E. coli. So that would trigger issues with the bowels. You could see constipation. You could see bloating. You could certainly see stomach pain. But then when you get into page three, 
we'll often see some level of Prevotella and other bacteria. Then we go to page four. So in his case, calprotectin was actually normal. That was one of his stool. Then we ran a new stool. We had cleared out the E. coli. So you can see our protocol worked. Uh, page three was still a mess though. He still had mold in his basement. So the bacterial overgrowth we were fighting, the candida we were fighting. And then luckily though, gut inflammation was low, probably because his parents were so dialed in with the diet. Mm. So that's one thing I'll say about all this is like some people, and as you uh, accurately said, there are hundreds of millions of people actively living in mold and they don't know it because there doesn't have to be an active water leak for that to happen. You can have excess humidity that builds up behind the wall cavity and mold grows on the paper backing of your drywall. So this is not like a hairy thing that you see or smell. A lot of times you don't see it or smell it, but it's there. So that's the problem that people uh, that think mold people like me are crazy is because you don't see it or smell it, but you can still be very, very affected. And the gut inflammation is something that the gastroenterologist will pick up on. So you can do colonoscopies, you can do endoscopies and get diagnosed with colitis or gastritis. But guess what? That's not root cause. So when you go and you take an NSAID or you take even some type of regular uh, pharmaceutical, sometimes an IV of anti-inflammatories, they're missing the mold. Let me tell you, there's no like gastro practice that's really looking at this, at least not in the mainstream. Yeah, yeah. So how would you start if you were, um, if you were having gut issues and you wanted to, uh, to rule out mold, um, clearly testing would be important. What are some other clues or some other things people can do to minimize these kinds of gut issues, whether it's mold or, or something else? Yeah, I would say get a GI map also. So that's a DNA stool test you can do at home. I ran the first one on my oldest daughter when she was two and she actually showed up with h pylori which is an extremely common issue about 51 percent of the population has it this bacteria will do a number to your bowels because it actually damages the ability for you to make adequate stomach acid now when you have hypochlorhydria which is low stomach acid now your food is fermenting in the gut which you don't necessarily want and that's then feeding other bad bugs and when we tie the gut piece to the mental health piece, this is important because when we see these gut issues, we're also generally seeing anxiety, depression, chronic fatigue, sometimes to the extreme of panic attacks. And what people don't realize is that the gut infections are driving some of these neuropsychiatric problems. So once again, if you go to your psychiatrist, you get the lorazepam or the colonopin to chill you out that works on the GABA receptors you can generally get people off of those just by fixing the gut. So these cases of chronic anxiety and depression, of course, there's a trauma component. There's death, divorce, there's, you know, all sorts of other stuff that factors in. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen a mood issue reverse just by doing a stool panel, finding the gut infection, and then fixing it. So my daughter, Summer, when she was two, she had H. pylori. Conventional treatment for this is nasty. It's triple therapy or now quadruple therapy. You can guess what that is. It's three or four antibiotics at the same time. It damages the mitochondria and it often doesn't work because this bacteria is smarter than us. It's evolving. It's becoming antibiotic resistant. So the cool thing is herbs still work. Thank the Lord. Count your blessings. Herbal medicines still work great for these infections. But this could totally change the trajectory of a child's life because she would have grown up malnourished. You see these kids that are diagnosed failure to thrive, and I've seen H. pylori in almost 99 out of 100 of those cases. Wow. Wow. So what did the H. pylori infection, what did it look like on the outside? How did you know something was up 
with summer. Yeah, her stools were super mushy, and then she would go constipated and not poop for three days, and then we'd be back to more loose, just weird, weird consistency of stool. Obviously, this is two years old, so we're able to track the poop versus your 10-year-old. He might be harder, like, hey, let me see your poop. You know, maybe they're not as willing at that age, but we could see it that way in the stool. Uh, also, her energy levels were pretty poor for her age. I would assume that she had more to do but she was burning out, tiring out easily. So, you know, in, in school, these are the children that they sit on the playground equipment. They're not playing actively, right? So I've tested a thousand plus kids. I'll tell you the most toxic people on planet earth right now are children age 10 and below. Mm -hmm. And they've grown up in the world that unfortunately they've inherited from parents who are also toxic. And those toxins go through the placenta and through breast milk. I have 80 year olds that are more clean on paper than 10 year olds these days. So yeah. a bit of a side tangent, but uh, her skin color, so her complexion didn't look right. She looked pale. She looked pasty. I do think that was also mold exposure, so I can't blame it all on the gut infections. Mm -hmm. But I will tell you, after we got rid of the gut infections, her energy was better. She was more active playing. The bowel consistency got better. Her mood seemed just brighter. Like you wouldn't think a two, three, four, five year old could be depressed, but I've seen it. And it's like, she, it's like she got brighter, like her mood, her skin. So, uh, and, and kids, they heal remarkably fast too. I love this. So you mentioned at the beginning of your description of the pyloria, um, uh, the, the stomach acid, how important the stomach acid is. And I would love for you to just share a little bit about that. I, I really focus on stomach acid in my practice as well, and I would love to hear more from you. Yeah, so let's see if I can pull up the the graph. I know you've seen this because this is part of our required reading for the training that you and I have gone through, which is the book, Why Stomach Acid is Good for You. Uh, and the Heidelberg probe is something that you can use to measure stomach acid. And in uh, Dr. Jonathan Wright's famous book on this, he has a, a picture of all the testing here. And this graph, which it's tiny, but we'll zoom in. Here we go. It looks at stomach acid secretion and age. And the reality is by the time you're age 20, you already have a decline, just like everything else, unfortunately. Sorry. But you do start to make less stomach acid by the time you're 50 you're making less than half of what you made when you were a teenager. And so that's why people say, oh, I had an iron stomach when I was a teenager. I could eat anything. And now people have sensitivities. Look, when you get to 70 years old and beyond, you have a quarter of what you had when you were a teenager in regards to your stomach acid levels. And so this, this myth in the gastroenterology world is that when you age, you have high stomach acid. You see so many people in their 50s and 60s and beyond that are on proton pump inhibitors, so Prilosec or these other over-the-counter or prescription acid blockers, but that's actually increasing the risk of all sorts of issues with mental health because now you're not going to make as much B vitamin in your gut and you end up with mitochondrial deficiencies. You end up with neurotransmitter problems. So you're anxious and depressed in your older age because you're not making as much serotonin in your gut because your digestive system is turning down osteoporosis, osteopenia, any of those uh, musculoskeletal problems, those also increase in this age group because the stomach acid levels are too low. So if you want to replicate the younger gut, in my opinion, almost everyone above 20, 30, 40 and beyond should be taking supplemental acid and enzymes and also just making sure that they're not doing the, the, bowl, and, the bowl and scroll. I call it the bowl and scroll. You see someone at Chipotle, they're eating their Chipotle bowl with their rice and their, and their pork but they're scrolling on their phone. 
So I call it the scrolling bowl. They're just duh, duh, duh. so they're totally distracted. They're not in the moment of chewing the food, embracing the food, smelling the food, tasting it. They're just scarfing down this soft matter that doesn't even require much chewing. That's also a problem. You got to chew, chew, chew to stimulate these gastric juices. And without that stomach acid, everything falls apart. Your bones, your mental health, the nutrient absorption. Think of it like a smoldering fire. Like you're at the campground, you got a real hot fire, and you just pour a whole bucket of water on it. Now you've got nothing left but smoldering, and you're going to try to cook a nice dinner on it. It's going to be tough. I love that analogy. So can we just recap here? You said some really, really important things that I think people can get started with today to increase their stomach acid. Um, so instead of the scrolling bowl, put the phone aside, smell your food, taste your food, chew a lot, breathe. Am I missing anything? Yeah. Breathing is key. Uh, I, I would say almost do like a, like a food meditation. So it, it my, my kids laugh at me for this, but I kind of just like add a little moaning to my eating just to like tell my body that it's delicious. So if I put in a nice grass-fed steak in my mouth, I'm, mmm, mmm, Summer, that's that's my oldest daughter. Summer, how good is that steak, honey? Oh yeah, daddy, it's good. Mmm. So we just kind of like make noise while we're eating because we want to tell our body like this is delicious. So I have no scientific validation to this at all, just to be clear. Everything I do is like clinical, but this is something I made up. But I tell you, I feel better at the end of the meal. I feel more, more satiety. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, another side tangent, mold screws up leptin, which is your satiety hormone. So there's often a lot of satiety issues involved with these gastrointestinal mold illnesses, meaning people eat the full paleo-ish meal that they're being told by their practitioner to do, and they go binge on ice cream and dark chocolate afterwards because they didn't get satiety. So when I first got sick with mold, we would eat a really good meal, and I was still hungry. It's like I didn't eat. So keep that in mind as you're working through these problems. You may have satiety issues, uh, hunger cues that are messed up. Wow. Another really good, subtle, but important sign of mold toxicity. Um, And I love that you showed the graph of how our stomach acid really does decline dramatically. I know that digestive issues really start shooting up around the age of 50. and, um, And that was a really nice illustration why. So what else can you tell us about, about digestive issues and are all of the infections that could be confusing our natural digestive cycle? Sure. Well, one myth to bust is that this is a rare problem or that you must travel to some exotic location to pick up these infections. Like you got to go to Bali. They call it Bali belly, right? I've had many of those clients. Hey, I've got Bali belly. Can you help? Yeah, sure. It's usually tied into some sort of pathogen. It's Yersinia. It's Entamoeba histolytica, some sort of pathogen. Sometimes it's parasites. Sometimes it's worms. So so there are these exotic cases from these world travelers that, that I work with. But the reality is the vast majority of people have never been out of the United States, but yet they have all these digestive problems, we will see what are, quote, rare tropical diseases, where your gastroenterologist would have to refer you to the tropical disease specialist. That's generally when I step in, and I'll say, hey, look, all they're going to do is give you this drug, that drug, that drug, and look, these antiparasitic medications do work. So there, there is a time and a place for conventional treatment. So ivermectin became very controversial in the last couple of years. It's an amazing tool that can be used But a lot of times we can fix this with herbs. So myth one is that this is a rare problem. 
not rare. I see infections all day, every day. Now, maybe I'm biased because these people have problems, right? They're reaching out to me because they have digestive problems. They have energy. They have sleep. They have some type of mood problem. But I see it a lot. I see these infections a lot. And, and so it's not rare. And then and the second myth, too, is that you need drugs for all this. Because you go to the GP. Uh, I actually did a podcast with a guy who was a medical doc who treats mold. And he told me, you'll never treat these mold patients without XYZ drug. Mainly it was antifungals. A lot of antifungals get used. So like itraconazole, fluconazole, nystatin. And I was like, I'll prove you wrong. And so in that case study, actually, just for fun, we'll, uh, we'll put this in, in his face in case this doctor watches this. But uh, on his oat test, this was Thomas. You saw that he had massive colonization, right? So you saw that first oat where we had those massive markers. Now, this is his his oat a year later, you can see we've totally reversed all of that. Remember wow. that marker, 5-hydroxymethyl-2-ferroic? Yeah. It was like in the 300s. We're now at a 0 0.9. So wow. we totally, totally fixed it, including all the candida. Look at that. Arabinose, totally normalized. Wow. Now, if I'm nitpicking, you know, 13 here, we had a little bit of bacterial overgrowth still, but, but that's common. Like I said, you'll play this kind of whack-a-mole game for a little while where you'll make a lot of progress with the gut. And then sometimes these bacteria will regrow, but that was just in a year's time. And, and I don't use, I don't prescribe, I'm not a medical doc. So we didn't use any pharmaceuticals and we cleared one of the worst colonization issues I've ever seen. Just for reference, this was the first one in 2021. The 2022 is what you saw. And this was all with herbals plants. This is all herbals. Yep. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So that's some stuff in the nose. That's some stuff in the gut, right? So there is a, some, some nasal stuff you have to address because that's how you get exposed to this stuff is you're breathing. So sometimes we use nebulizers. We're getting things into the lungs as well. You can actually develop what's called an aspergilloma, which is where you can see it on like a chest x-ray. It's actually like a ball of mold growth, a fungal growth in the lungs. So that can show up sometimes also. Oh, so many risks there. Um, Wow, it is really fascinating and inspiring to see the the test scores and see how dramatically people can get better in just a year. What are what are some more of the connections to the anxiety, um, the fatigue, the depression? We are definitely seeing a lot more of that, and it keeps going up. How can help us with the connection to the gut? Well. So depending on what paper you look at, it was like 80, and then it's like 90, and now it's like 95. The vast majority of serotonin is produced in the gut. And when we look at an organic acids test, you can actually measure that. So uh, I'll see. I don't remember what Thomas's was. Actually, his, his serotonin looked okay. Maybe I'll look at another case here and see if I could find you a, a messy one to look at. But a lot of the gut issues are driving neurotransmitter problems, meaning the people that are anxious uh, and they have panic, they have worry. Uh, these are people that generally have low serotonin and you can measure that on paper, which is great. And then what we can do short term is number one, fix the gut. So keep in mind, motility issues can also be driven by issues with serotonin. So this is why if you look at the professional supplement world, you'll see some of these gut motility products that actually have 5-HTP in there. So tryptophan or 5-hydroxytryptophan can actually help improve and balance out your motility problems. Mm -hmm. So yes, it can be used for anxiety, but there's a connection right there. It, supplementing with this amino acid is a precursor for serotonin, meaning it'll improve your mood, but it'll also improve your motility. So we look at this quite often, and you'll see the vast majority of people with gut issues have serotonin problems. I'm looking through some cases here to see if I can show you an example on an oat test, because 
it's pretty profound. Yeah, here's a good one here. So this is a client. Uh, we'll just we'll we'll do a little fun together. So this is Wendy. And uh, Wendy was 42 years old, so she had extreme fatigue, low energy, migraines, dry skin. She felt dizzy, IBS symptoms, binge eating, depression, achy joints, weight gain, bloating, hormonal imbalance. Okay, so Wendy's oat, uh, her first oat was 2018. So she had candida overgrowth here. But if you get to page three, this is where we look at the neurotransmitter metabolite. So this long word here, 5-hydroxyindoleacetic, 5-HIAA. This is serotonin. And this is how we measure it. And so her levels, you see, are very, very low. See how it's slanted to the left? She should be triple of what that was. So when we see this, we go, oh, okay, well, where's that coming from? So then when we go look at her gut, looks like we had an older one here. Oh, surprise, surprise. Look what we found. We've got Giardia, <laughs> extremely high, 100x. Okay, so this is an exponential scale. So E3, and then you go E4, E5. So that's 100 times higher than normal of Giardia, which is a parasite that I had years ago that wrecked me. An insane wow. amount of this adenovirus, which I don't think was playing into her gut stuff. Quite a bit of bacterial overgrowth. We see Klebsiella, which we know can trigger Hashimoto's, which is a thyroid issue. We see Strep, which can trigger pandas in children. We see Pseudomonas. And then we go to page four, we see elevated calprotectin. So we had gut inflammation, we had low secretory IgA, so we assume the gut's leaky. So that's the link right there. I can't get more in the flesh than that. Now let's just look just for fun. We ran a 2019 December one. Look at that. No more Giardia, beautiful. no more adenovirus. Page three, look how beautiful that is. SIBO's totally fixed. Page four, no gut inflammation whatsoever. IgA came back up. Gut's no longer leaky. And so, yeah. Nice. Nice. So I love this, that if you're having problems with constipation or any other kind of gut issue, it could be obviously dysbiosis. It could be overgrowth of different kinds of bacterial pathogens and herbals and stomach acid support, whether it's a supplementation or just eating your food in a different, more present way, all of these things can help rebalance and bring those under control. And then you should see a difference in how you poop, right? Yeah, 100%. And then you also have to keep your partner in mind too, because these things are very contagious. So if you're with someone we talked about H. pylori being 51% of the population, but it can become opportunistic. So if you have a partner, or if all of a sudden you get a new partner, and you've got UTIs now, you've got bowel issues now, you've got anxiety now, you've got bad breath now, you've got a coated tongue now, and you're tired, you could have picked something up. So a lot of these things can be sexually transmitted. So we know, for example, in the case of Lyme disease, which is a totally different topic, we could do a podcast on one day, but spirochetes, the Borrelia spirochete has been found in semen. So sexual intercourse, new partner, you can get Lyme disease that way. And that also creates a whole host of gut issues. There's a lot of gut issues connected to Lyme disease. Also Bartonella, which is a co-infection that you can get from also fleas, mosquitoes, uh, and ticks are very common to contain Bartonella. 
so Bartonella is also a big driver of digestive issues. But if you have a new partner or if your partner is suffering and you see similar issues in you, you may need to get them tested as well. And then this would apply for digestive health as well because H. pylori is very contagious. So sharing cups, sharing spoons, hey, honey, have a drink of my water bottle and you suck it out of the straw. Like you got those stainless steel cups these days that we like. Our kids love them with the little silicone straw. It's that easy. You could pass this to them and then the whole family's infected. So I'd say about... 90% of the couples I've seen share the pathogens. Uh-huh. That makes sense. The pathogens are very mobile and smart mm-hmm. and they want to expand. So, yes. so I guess we could go around um, being super paranoid about sharing anything or is there something we can do to make ourselves a little more resilient in the face of these infections? Great question. Well, getting the immune system online is important. So mold toxicity will suppress the immune system. In fact, the lab will actually tell you that when you look at some of these mycotoxin reports, the lab will tell you at the bottom that it's an immune suppressant. And believe it or not, the mycophenolic acid is a very common mycotoxin we see. This is uh, something that you pee out in the urine pharmaceutical companies have actually taken this and they've modified it to be used as an immune suppressant drug. Mm-hmm. I think it's called myocept, but you type in like mycophenolic acid drug, you'll find it, but they actually use this mold toxin to kill the immune system of a person receiving an organ transplant. So if you're getting a new lung, new kidney, etc., they're going to actually give you mold toxin to kill your immune system so it will not reject the new organ. So this is how powerful these toxins are in regards to immune suppression. So your original question was, is there anything we can do to become more resilient? Yes, you have to make sure you are in a clean environment. You're working, living, breathing in a clean environment because if you're taking an onslaught of these mycotoxins, which are everywhere, especially grocery stores, think of those places where you get your juice from, your kombucha, those little uh, condenser refrigerators, they're always moldy. You can see it, you can smell it, you could feel it. you know, if you feel bad in a grocery store, get out of there. Don't take the chance. If you're in an Airbnb and it's moldy, get out of there early. If they've got air fresheners, they're probably covering something up. Get out of there. It's not worth the hit. So you have to be very uh, protective of yourself. And people, the stuff I've done, people would think I'm crazy. I've traveled with air purifiers in my suitcase. I've walked in a place and turned around immediately. I mean, I've done stuff because I know I see this stuff all day, every day. I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, okay, how long is it going to take me now to detox that week of exposure? Like it's not worth it for me. So don't take any chances. Be ruthless with your health. I agree. I agree. Take care of yourself first. Always. No, don't worry about what other people think because your body is precious. Oh, I love this interview. <laughs> I'm having so much fun. And, um, and I have a couple more questions to ask you. What are you reading lately? Ooh, okay. So you and I were sharing books uh, before we hit record. The honestly, I, I, I'm into a lot of like mindset stuff. So I really love the Attractor Factor by Joe Vitale. So I always read and reread that one. Mm. Uh, I I do like some of Joe Dispenza. I know you're talking about Joe before we hit record. He's going to be at an event you're going to. So mm-hmm. I, I have read into some of his works. So I'm I'm, I'm poking in that direction and also 
The Invisible Rainbow is a great book. This is all about uh, electromagnetic radiation, and it tracks back the history of all of our major uh, pandemics and how it's been correlated. So back in the 1800s, when they were doing the telegram, this outbreak happened, and then we went to these underground power lines, and the cows stopped producing as much milk. And so there's some crazy stuff about electricity that I'm looking into also. You could look at uh, the book called... Uh, it is called Dirty Electricity and the Diseases of Civilization. That's by Dr. Samuel Milham. I interviewed him years ago. That book will, will change your life. Wow. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you for those. And what's something that brings you joy? Trees, pine trees, mm -hmm. specifically longleaf pine trees. Uh, the, the smell of them, the sight of them. Uh, I, I love those. And... Yeah, I think it's the smell. I mean, the beauty too, but but the smell. I mean, just the pine forest is just very healing. Mm, I can imagine that. Last question for you. How can people get a hold of you? Where do they yeah, find you? Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. You can check out my site. It's evanbrand.com. So E-V-A-N, brand, like brand name, B-R-A-N-D.com. Check out the site. Uh, I've got a podcast, been doing over a decade. It's The number's over 20 million downloads now, so continuing to put out episodes there. Try to put out a new episode every week. And then also, uh, I teach doctors, I teach practitioners, also health seekers, people that are just wanting to fix their health. The labs we looked at today, I break all of that down, teach you how to read these, help you run them, help you interpret them, and then make protocols to fix yourself. I've got over 700 students in my courses. So those are called Better Belly is my flagship course, all about how to find these gut issues and then fix them before and after case studies, just like you saw, how do you implement protocols? Mm. Amazing. Thank you so much for everything you've shared. I know there's a lot that people get started with today and it's just been a pleasure. Thanks so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Appreciate <laughs> you. Bye-bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. As I mentioned in the beginning, the 2022 price of Better Belly Functional Medicine Training Course is still available. Price will go up in 23, primarily due to new content. I'm putting in new content, new case studies, new lectures about how to run your own labs, how to interpret those, and then how to make a protocol to actually fix your gut issues. Even if you've had them for 20, 30, 40 years, we're seeing incredible results. And that's not just because I threw something together and it, and it worked. It's because I've done this literally 2,000 times. I run more labs I'm in the top 10. I've confirmed with the labs. I'm in the top 10 worldwide of practitioners running the most labs. And some of those are big clinics where there's multiple, multiple practitioners. So as a primarily solo plus one clinician, that means I'm doing a lot of numbers. I'm doing a lot of labs. And with those labs, I see a lot of data. And with that data, I make a lot of protocols. And with a lot of protocols, I see what works and what doesn't. So I want to assure you that the reason I've gotten so good at this is I've done it 2,000 times plus. I lost count and more, probably coming up on 3,000. And those are case studies that you have access to in the course where you can see what we did, what did their lab results look like. So let's just role play. We've got a 47-year-old Danielle. She's got bloating. She had constipation, anxiety, some depression. What did that all manifest like? Well, it's in the course. What do her labs look like? There we go. And what did we do to fix it? There we go. And it's all laid out in front of you. So that's why I love these courses. So I would encourage you to enroll now at the current 2022 price before the 23 price takes effect. Check out the link in your podcast app and I'll see you there. Take good care of yourself. I'll talk with you again next week. If you need help, evanbrand.com has all the details for consults and more. 
AuraRoots.com. That is the supplement site. You could check out my grass-fed beef organs. I would say everyone should be doing these, even the vegetarians and vegans. You're going to feel way better, way more energy if you want organs. They're there. Very high quality, professionally produced. You could check out the GABA chewables as well. Those are a bestseller for calming your nervous system. Busy day, stressful day, pop one, pop two, chew them up. GABA is your inhibitory neurotransmitter. It'll chill you out and it's far safer and way better for you than alcohol. So that's a much better choice. Take good care. Talk with you soon. Bye. And we'll cash it in. Ooh, you give me some feeling. Tonight, talk about the things that you like.